So we are kind of uh, have ended up a series of lessons called Misunderstood, and we're right uh, at the kind of the beginning of the Christmas season. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about Christmas over the next couple of weeks um, and give us a little bit of a uh, a little bit of anticipation as we go towards Christmas. And that's what we're calling the next couple of weeks is the anticipation of Christmas. It's the wait, right? Um, the weight of something that's coming, something that's uh, we don't know exactly what to expect, but we know because we've lived through many Christmases before, we know it's going to be good usually, right? And so what I want you to do is we've got three tables back there. I think that we have enough to, to fill the three tables. We're going to have a little bit of table talk time. And on your event, the first thing on your event are some questions. And I just want you to go through and talk a little bit about at least a couple of those questions. The questions are these. What are you waiting for this Christmas? Maybe there's something specific. Uh, maybe you want world peace. Uh, maybe you want something more specific like uh, a red rocket BB gun. Or uh, What are you waiting on this Christmas? Are you anticipating something happening this Christmas that you're waiting on? Uh, are you longing for anything? In other words, maybe you are waiting, but maybe you have a more, you know, longing is more emotional, isn't it? It's like you're yearning or longing for something. Is there something you're longing for? Maybe you could share it at the table. Also, what are you expecting to receive? Are you expecting to receive anything? Have you been a bad girl this year? Oh, have you? Are you going to get coal in your stocking? What are you going to get? Okay, are you are you expecting to receive anything? And are you looking forward to anything special this Christmas? So go back there. We're going to give you 10 minutes. Uh, and at 11 o'clock, we'll bring you back and we'll, we'll uh, continue our time together. So go now back to those three tables. All right. Sounds like you guys are having a really fun time around the table talk today, <laughs> laughing and having fun. That's really great. Um, you know, there's very few times in our life where we have such great anticipation of a certain date. Um, matter of fact, uh, I work in two schools, and at both schools, the front office gals, they all have this big poster, and the poster says, blank days until Christmas. Um, now, I think they're looking at it towards holidays rather than Christmas, but nonetheless, we all do that, don't we? Especially if you have this great anticipation towards Christmas, you're all counting down. All the students are coming up to me and go, only 18 more days till Christmas. And only 17 more days. How many days is it? Does anybody know? 16. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She, she knew. She knew. We have this anticipation. There are other things that happen in our lives that are like that as well. Do you, can you come up with anything that you anticipate? Getting married. Right, right. You have a date, you have a date, and you go, so many days. I'm a free man for so long. <laughs> I am a free man for just, I'm only a single man for this many days, or single woman for this many days. Other things that we count down towards. Birthdays, yep, that's what Jess said, birthdays. What else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yep, sometimes we go, oh, only a few more days until I get a long weekend. Fridays. Fridays, every Friday you have a countdown. Horses. Horses. Like horse. 
Oh, your course. I was going, horses. Get the horses thing. <laughs> so, so many days until you graduate or until you finish a course? What about uh, pregnancy? Yeah? Too long ago for you. Um, a lot of times we always say we're, you know, when we're looking forward to having a, a child, we're saying oh, only two more weeks till my due date or only one more week. Uh, are your past due? You know that un immediately you're going, you're a week late or you're two weeks late. You know you're anticipating something big. And that's what this time is, is really known for is this idea of anticipation. Now, in, in Alaska, where Nathan and I are from, um, it's, it's a little bit different because we have this little community that's actually north of Fairbanks called North Pole. And it's Christmas there all year round. All the streets are named after uh, reindeer and mistletoe, and there's like, all the light poster candy canes. And so you kind of lose a little bit of anticipation when you go to North Pole because, you know, they have a, a big Santa shop there. And you can write letters to Santa, and he'll write you back. And it's very Christmassy there, very Christmassy. Hello, somebody there? That's good. It might be, it might be him right now. That's right. So there's this huge anticipation, uh, but if you're around it all the time, it loses a little bit of its special quality, doesn't it? And so that's kind of how it was. You know, you go to North Pole. Oh, it's Christmas, Christmas in the summertime, which is how it is here, right? So we lose a little bit about that, but we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of anticipation, um, waiting for something. What are you waiting for? What are the things that you are anticipating happening this Christmas? Is it just about the gifts, or are you waiting for something more, more uh, meaningful to happen around this Christmas? Um, in the Gospel of Luke, we come across two characters who make their appearance in this final act of the Christmas drama, and no, neither one of them appear on any of the nativities. Uh, they're very rarely mentioned around the Christmas story, uh, but they have a, a key part. They play a key part in the Christmas story and, and about Jesus coming to earth. In the Gospel of Luke, we come across these characters. One name uh, is Simeon, and the other is a woman named Anna. And they don't appear, again, in any nativity scenes or in Christmas cards. You don't see a Christmas card with Simeon on the, on the cover, you know. Who's that old man? You know, they don't, they don't, it's always Jesus, the star, or manger, or donkeys, or animals. Um, Simeon and Anna get kind of left out, but they both are significant players in this Christmas uh, season. They're waiting for something. Both of them are waiting for something. Um, they're waiting for someone, actually. Uh, Luke, in his, uh, and I've, I've got it in your notes there on the, uh, the event. You can actually read through the whole thing. We're only going to highlight a couple of verses, and then you can look at the rest later on. But Luke uses a Greek word of anticipation in this particular passages, and he identifies them as waiting with expectation for the coming of the Messiah or the Savior. And it literally means that they were alert to his appearance. They were anticipating, they were ready to welcome him. How many of you start waiting for something and when it doesn't come, you lose interest? You ever had that happen? 
you, you kind of think, oh, well, it's never going to happen, so I'll just stop waiting. Uh, Simeon and Anna were not in this category. It says in the, in the passage that they were eagerly waiting for something to happen. They were anticipating something happening. They knew it was going to happen. They just didn't know when, and they were actually anticipating something. We see this word in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, in reference to Simeon, where we read that he was waiting. And in, in Luke 2, 38, it says, uh, in, in Anna, she was looking forward to something. So that's that Greek word. It means that they were, they were sure it was going to happen, and they were just waiting for it to happen. In Simeon's case, let's look at him for a little bit. What was he waiting for? In Luke 2.25, it talks about what he was waiting for. Did you, do, you, do you get that in your, in your passages there? Anybody reading that? What was he waiting for? It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for what? The consolation of Israel. That's a big word, right? Hard to understand. But basically, consolation, anybody want to have a stab at it? Is it consolation like stars? No, not constellation. Consolation, which is a little bit. No? What's that? Peace, yeah, it's got that idea. Fulfillment, yeah. Comfort, there it is. Where'd you get that at? My notes. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> you got it. Everybody's getting, you're not looking at the notes? No, that's all right. It really has this idea of comfort. He's waiting for the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Simeon was a righteous man before the people, and he was devout in his relationship to God. He was very tight with God. He, he spent you know, his days uh, communicating and connecting with God. Um, and things were not going really well for Israel at this point in time. If you remember, who was in charge around the time of Jesus? Israel didn't, weren't in charge of themselves. The Romans. Good job, James. You know this because you're going through Luke right now, aren't you? That's right. You're going through the Bible study, I know. So the Romans were in charge of Israel right now, and they, were very, they weren't very nice. And so there was a lot of persecution that was beginning to happen. There's a lot of people that were, were uh, persecuting Christians, uh, persecuting the, uh, the Jews, the people who uh, were of Israel. And, and so there was that persecution going on, not the Christians, but they were persecuting Jew the Jews. And they had lost their political independence, and they were living in fear. Um, they, were, uh, they had a king, King Herod, who was not a very good king. Uh, he was making some really bad choices. And they were, many of them were wondering who was going to deliver them from this occupation of the Romans. Who was going to come and, and deliver them from these evil Roman people? And verse 26 shows us that Simeon had good reason for his hope and anticipation. Who wants to read verse 26 for us? The Holy Spirit had told Simeon something. What did, what did the Holy Spirit tell him in verse 26? It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. <laughs> so Simeon, he had, the anticipation was, was there, wasn't it? He was going, man, if Jesus doesn't show up pretty soon, I'm going to be a really old man. 
right? So maybe he was in two minds, <laughs> right? He knew that once he saw Jesus, it was okay for him to die, right? It was okay because the Holy Spirit had told him, you're not going to die. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to see the Messiah. You're going to see the person who's going to deliver their pe the, our, our people. So Simeon's expectation was focused on the comfort that Christ would bring. And among the Jews, Simeon's day was uh, one of the mo more popular titles that they were giving the Messiah was what? The Comforter will come. That was actually a title they gave the Messiah. It was not only just Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, but it was the Comforter will come. There was this idea that when Jesus came on the scene, that there was going to be peace and comfort. There was going to be this idea that he would provide that for his people. So when what was Simeon? If, if Simeon was at the table talk this morning, if he was right around the table with you guys and you came around to him and go, well, what are you wishing to receive this Christmas? Simeon would say what? The birth of Christ. I want to see Jesus because... He's going to bring me comfort. Uh, I was talking with Nate, and I asked what he was looking forward to this Christmas, and you said, rest, right? And I said the same thing, rest. Sometimes it's not about the material things. Sometimes it's not about the presence that you'll get. Sometimes it's just about the comfort and peace that comes with this season. I thought of something on my way here this morning. I thought of this phrase. I'm not sure where I heard it, but don't. it's the phrase that, that says, don't let your faithfulness depend on the busyness of this season. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're faithful. Does that make sense? Sometimes we, we think because we're so busy that we're faithful to God, that, that we are following him and we're doing everything that we can, sometimes you have to take a step back and be comforted by God and rest in him and have that peace in him. That's important. So maybe go through your schedule over the next two weeks and ask some things. Maybe put some space in there for you to rest and to be comforted by God. Simeon was wanting that. He was anticipating that. It strikes me that the desire to be comforted is a universal human need that we all have. Even though we may not realize it, we all struggle with loneliness, emptiness, insecurity, desperation. In fact, the Christmas season is one of those major crisis times of the year for depression and suicide. We have more people who are down around this time of season because they don't feel that comfort. They don't feel that peace. And you know what? We, as God's hands and feet on this earth, guess what we can do? We can comfort. We can provide that for them. We can help them to know and feel the love of Christ just by being there with them. You know, Georgia just lost an uncle. Guess what we can do? We can be that comfort. We can show her how God loves her and wants to comfort her and give her peace. 
That's a major, major deal around this time of year. The Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple courts just at the right time and just on the right day where Joseph and Mary was bringing their infant to the temple. And when Simeon looked at the baby Jesus, Jesus was now six weeks old, and he knew that God's promise had been kept. Here was Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And guess what he does? He rips the baby out of Mary's arms holds the baby, and starts dancing around the temple with it. <laughs> now imagine this scene. Here's a random old guy who comes and rips your baby out of your arms and starts dancing around and saying, God is with us, Emmanuel, this is Jesus, the Messiah. The Comforter has come. And Mary's going, Joseph, can you go get my baby back? <laughs> a six-week-old baby? Here's this random old guy. He's dancing around with my baby. Go get him, please. But in verse 28 of Luke, it says that Simeon reached down and took Jesus out of Mary's arms and began to praise God because he had seen what had been promised. The waiting was over. And Simeon could die a happy man because he knew God had arranged for comfort to come to his people. So I ask you today, are you maybe waiting for comfort this year? Maybe comfort and peace is more important to you this season than it ever has been before. Maybe you don't want a present this year. Maybe you just want peace. There might be families out here that are represented right here that need to go home and just have peace because it's been such a turmoil for you this year. I don't know where you are in your life, where you are in your walk and your journey, but maybe comfort is the present you need. Maybe you need to save a bunch of money on presents and just work on being peaceful with the people that you love. That could be the best gift of all. For Simeon, that was the best gift he could ever be given because he knew that comfort was going to come to his people. What was Anna waiting for? Another Christmas character waiting for with anticipation was, was this woman named Anna. Her husband had died. She had dedicated herself. It says in the scripture in that, that section that what did she do with her time? That's all she did. It says in the scripture all she did was that she was at the temple day after day after day fasting and praying. It actually reminds me of my mom. Uh, when I talked to her, I talked to my mom three or four times a week. And uh, I say, oh, what did you get up to today, Mom? Oh, I was praying. I said, didn't you go out? Didn't you go? No, no, just praying today. Uh, my mom is a prayer warrior. Uh, she constantly is praying. Uh, that's all she does, worship and pray. And anytime I have something I need prayer about, she's the first person I go to because I know that's what she does. She's praying all the time. As a matter of fact, there's a guy, a friend of mine, who pays her to pray. What a job, right? Pays her several uh, hundred dollars a month to pray for things that he's going through with his family, with his business. Would you pay somebody to pray for you? Well, maybe if we had faith that God would answer that prayer, then maybe we would. It's amazing. This is exactly what Anna's job was. She was a prayer warrior. Day and night, every day in the temple, she was praying, 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 praying. 
says she was praying in the temple every day. That was her 365 days a year. There is 365 days in a year, right? Yes. Okay, good. Every day, praying, praying, praying. And she never left. She was continually praying. She was looking forward to the same person as Simeon, but with a different reason. Take a look at verse 38. What's it say Anna was looking forward to, or what was she anticipating and waiting for? Verse 38. Redemption, which is another big word, right? What, what? Forgiveness is a better word, right? Because we understand what forgiveness is, right? Redemption is kind of redemption. What? But forgiveness. She was waiting for the grace and the forgiveness that Jesus was going to offer. We just sang about it, right? Amazing grace. That's what she was praying for. She was praying for Jesus to come and offer that forgiveness. A forgiveness that we all need. A forgiveness that Israel really needed. The grace and mercy that they needed. She was praying for that and waiting for that redemption to come to Jerusalem. It was this idea of forgiveness. Have you ever waited for forgiveness? I would hazard a guess that some of you right now are waiting for forgiveness from someone. Have you ever had any difficult situations or difficult relationships? Have you ever had somebody do you wrong and you're still waiting for forgiveness, anticipating a day that it might happen? Maybe some of you right now, you sit in those seats right now and you're thinking, man, I wish this person would make it right with me. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're just looking for an opportunity to make it right with someone else that you've wronged. That could be a great gift. You don't have to wrap that up in some sort of gold package with a red bow. You can actually give that today. You can go and make it right. Maybe there's that niggle in your brain or maybe in your heart, and you think, man, I wish I had a better relationship with that person because I've said some things wrong and they've said some things wrong, and I just wish that we had closure so that I could just get past this and it wouldn't take up brain space. Anticipating, waiting for that to happen. Maybe you can take some steps towards that this week. Maybe you can identify what needs to be done. That's what Anna was waiting for. She saw her people hurting. She saw the Israelite people who needed the forgiveness of God. They were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. They were treating people badly. They were, they were not doing what they should have been doing. And, and Anna was looking out and going, she, she ought to know because where does she spend her time? Every day in the community, right? She's out there right in the temple, at the temple, which was located in the center of the community. And so she was seeing all of these people, the way they were reacting to one another, the way they were treating one another, the way that they didn't treat God sometimes. And she knew that what they needed most was forgiveness. What they needed most was to reconnect with God in a deeper way. And that's what she was praying for, and that's what she was waiting for. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for redemption. Matter of fact, when she saw uh, Jesus, she didn't necessarily dance around like Simeon, but her first 
steps were to go tell other people, hey, you can have forgiveness, and Jesus is going to bring it. Jesus is going to bring this forgiveness to us, and we can get close to God once again, and our whole nation can turn back to God in a way that we've not had before. When Jesus came, he provided the very things that Simeon and Anna were waiting for, comfort and forgiveness. And they were the most valued gifts that anybody could give. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to feel true comfort and peace in your life, and I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to feel true forgiveness and reconnection with somebody that you've had uh, problems with, but when you do, there's nothing sweeter. Not even an Xbox One is better than that. There's nothing sweeter than experiencing those things around Christmas time. Can you identify with Simeon? Maybe identify with Anna? anticipating and waiting for those things? Do you need some comfort? you need some consoling? Do you, do you need a fresh sense of God's presence in your life? And if so, you can find what you're looking for in Jesus because he came to give us that. Maybe you can identify with Anna this morning. Maybe you're plagued with guilt or shame. Maybe you feel like you're trapped in a pattern of sin or you can't break out of it. Maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe you need that grace, that mercy that Anna was anticipating and waiting for. I can think of no better time than Christmas to do that. No better time than Christmas to enjoy the gifts that Jesus' birth gives us. Now, next week, we're going to talk about some action steps about how to bring comfort and forgiveness into our lives a little bit more practically and real. But, but this week, I just want you to think about what you need most in your life this, this season. What is it that you really need? Not present-wise, you know, not materialistic-wise, but what do you need in your life? What is it that you need most of? Forgiveness, comfort, peace. Maybe start doing some, uh, asking yourself those questions again that we ask ourselves around the table. So make sure you, you save that event on your phone and go back and re-ask yourself those questions. What do you really want to receive this Christmas? Not present-wise, but what is it that, that God can give you? How can he help you take steps closer to him this Christmas? That's will be the best Christmas of all, is if we can incorporate those things into our life and help help ourselves take a, a, a step, just one step closer to him. I pray, and I have been praying, that God will lead you closer to him, that he will open your eyes and help you to see uh, where you can, you can grow closer to him. And I hope and pray uh, that you'll take some time this week. Maybe you need to rearrange your schedule a little bit, and carve some time out because, you know, busyness doesn't mean faithfulness, all right? Um, sometimes faithfulness just means to step back and watch God work and rest in him. So take some time this week to do that, and I, uh, I know that he will bless you for it. So next week, 
we're going to look at this, but in a little bit more practical way, uh, trying to incorporate some of these uh, ideas into our life. So, Amen? Amen. So uh, we're not going to have morning tea. Normally we have morning tea this morning uh, because uh, we're going to go over and have a sausage sizzle at uh, Dina's grandpa, grandpa's place, which is great. Um, I'm going to do this for you this morning twice because I want these people to hear your confession of faith. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. All you have to say is yes or no. Okay? It's not that hard. It's not like the skit at camp. You, you, okay. you're, you're going to be able to Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, camp over. camp's over. Okay. So I just want them to know what you believe. So do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Yes. Do you take him to be your Savior? Amen. That's great. And because she believes that, because she wants that in her life, we're going to allow her and, and uh, not allow you, but we're going to make sure that you're baptized into him. So that's going to be awesome. So look, let's pray and then we'll, uh, we can do some uh, fellowshipping and then we'll, um, I think we're going to plan over to be at your place. Is it 1230? Yep, so let's shoot for 1230. Uh, maybe we'll shoot for a 1 o'clock baptism. That kind of gives us a little bit of gap there. Um, and uh, if you need the address, I think Marie's got it. Um, and I think Lynn knows it as well. So a couple of people you can ask where to go. So let's pray. Hey, God, thank you for today. Uh, we certainly thank you for this time of year. It really focuses our heads, and we uh, uh, really appreciate that we get to uh, follow you. Um, Lord, we pray that you help us carve out some time this week to to look at some of the things in our life that we really need to receive from you. Um, uh, certainly not material things, but certainly some of these uh, concepts of forgiveness and peace. Uh, we would just ask that you help us to uh, follow you and to open our eyes where we can grow and take steps closer to you. It's in uh, Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.